right, I've arrived at the airport early morning. A uh, little stressful as I couldn't find my wallet and walk into security right now to hop on my flight to fly to Salt Lake City. Stoked for this time, looking forward to seeing Wolves. My first Wolves action is an under 21 match against Chelsea, which should be pretty fun. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what interviews I get, catching up with the Golden Chance boys, um, hopefully talking to some of the, the Wolves under 21s and potentially some coaches. So, Well, there's some mechanical issues on the plane, so we're just sitting here now. You just realize how tenuous a 24-hour turnaround trip can be. So sitting here checking out some of the highlights from all the Premier League action last night. Embarrassing Everton 4-0 defeat to Minnesota United. Chelsea leading, losing in uh, penalty shootout. Uh, Wolves with a 4-0 victory yesterday. And then early this morning, a crazy match where they were four men sent off before halftime and since it was a friendly naturally they resumed back with 11 on 11 but uh lots of fun premier league stuff getting me excited for the season but hopefully this flight takes off soon three door has been closed please ensure all small portable electronic devices are in airplane mode at this time Make sure those seatbelts are fastened. All those carry items are back all the way underneath those seats in front of you. Seatbacks and tray tables are in their full upright and locked position. Flight attendants, please arm doors and cross check for pushback. First disappointment of the trip as uh, we had flight delays, as previously stated, and uh, I missed any communication with my contact to be able to go to training this morning. So. I always knew that was a potential risk. Wasn't even sure I got approval anyways to go to training. So uh, next up, just hanging out here at the hotel, doing my job I get paid for, as well as waiting for the team to come back and uh, get some time, hopefully with Darren and Joe today and potentially some, some of the players. So a um, little disappointed, but hopeful that I'll get some, some interaction here and then also um, that I'll get some credentials for the match tonight well things have turned around quickly here uh finally got in touch with daz uh the director of uh, elite player performance so one of the coaches here um he invited me up to have lunch with them and then i uh, got invited to ride the bus the team bus to the stadium so should be amazing probably really late night this is why i did not book a hotel because i didn't want to have to uh, deal with that i knew i would not be getting much sleep anyways so pretty exciting still waiting to find out like what exactly uh the opportunities are as far as uh interviews and posting stuff but so far so good definitely fun so i'm sitting here we're in salt lake city at the marriott hotel downtown salt lake city and i'm sitting here with gabriel gonzalez and philippe Viapuda. hopefully i got it close yes. close yes. enough <laughs> um and these are the two young men who got selected by wolves golden chance um how are you guys feeling 
feeling good. Um, yeah, feeling good. Yeah, yeah we're feeling good too. It's a it's a really unique experience that we both got uh, got the opportunity to do. You know. Yeah, yeah. So tell me. Uh, so Sunday there was a tryout. Walk me through what that day was like for you guys. Um, yeah, how how how'd it go? What was the what was the experience? So we had like two sessions and to prove ourselves. On the, the first session was at seven thirty in the morning. It was very hot outside, but there's what like 30, 40 players. Yeah, there were like time? there was around like forty players, and then they uh, they narrowed it down to like twenty two at the, at the yeah, last session at five for the second session. Then well, it got very intense. It was a lot. Of, yeah, it was competitive. It was, it was really competitive like, and in the heat too. It was a little crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, five five o'clock yeah, in Phoenix. Too. It was five hot. Five o'clock on the turf. On yeah. Turf. Oh yeah, it was turf field too. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. And something I didn't imagine was uh, like the minutes we played because usually it would be like a forty-five minute game every half, but mm-hmm. it was just like twenty minutes to prove yourself. Yeah. And oh, so was, the whole match was twenty minutes. Yeah. That, so that was know, the first session. That's first session. Yeah. yeah first oh session. yeah. The second one was around like twenty minute halves, probably right. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Like fifteen or twenty minute halves. Yeah. Okay, so then they gather all twenty-two of you, you guys together. Do they yeah. separate you out at all, or are they just like, hey, now we're gonna announce yeah, who? So they, they, they brought they, us all. They brought together. us all together, and then, like, we're all together, everybody, and then they just announced the final two, which was us. Wow, what was that experience like, Gabriel? It's just uh, I don't know another like objective completed in my career. Um, it's just it, it leaves you speechless, but at the end of the day, it chose you for a reason for your work and stuff. So, I mean, if you were if you were like the different player in there, you know, it was for a reason and. Just you gotta work hard, keep working hard, and bring out the game more, you know? Yeah. And Philippe, did you, did you think you had a chance? I mean, you're playing against a lot of other great, great players out there. Um, yeah, how were, did you feel like when you're sitting there waiting for them to say the names? Yeah, I, I think it was gonna come pretty close. There was a lot of good players, but I felt confident in how I did. And I was just, the rest I can, can control, like, uh, up to the, it's up to the coaches. Yeah. 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 Great. Okay, so now you've been here. You got here on Monday. It's Thursday now. Uh, you've been training with Wolves Academy. How, how, have, how have you found that? I mean, obviously, we're talking about uh, a, a top Premier League club. Mm-hmm. You know, Premier League's the top league in the world. We got these two young guys from Phoenix with not the same opportunities to come up in an academy exactly. like, like Wolves. Um, how do you, how's it been? How do, how do you feel like you've fared? It's just, it's a whole big, it's a big step and a whole different level. Like, it, I, I don't personally think it takes like, it's going to take time to adapt, but once you're that, you know, you're it's just, it's, you're set. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, uh, it's not easy. That's for sure. This is a higher level of pace, everything. Like these guys have grown up playing at the high level of pace, like for years on years. But, I mean, uh, like you said, like, you, it takes time to adapt. And you can adapt to it. It's pretty. a whole different, like, game style, whole different system. But hey, we learn and grow, and you, we just give it all we got. And yeah, you just give it 100%, and then that's it. Yeah. I mean, at this point, there's nothing to lose, right? Yeah, you guys have this great opportunity in front of you to, to show what you've got mm-hmm. and, and even probably be able to like compare, like, hey, where is my skill level at? Yeah, what do exactly. I need to improve on? Where do I need to grow? Yeah, That's great. And where do you guys play right now? 
Um, I'm playing at Phoenix College right now. It's uh, gonna be my first season playing. Oh, okay. Vegas. Um, well, we started preseason already like a month ago, but we're about to start our like first official. No, not first official, but first preseason game on August second. And what's your what's your natural position? Um, uh, striker nine. Okay, great. That's fun. And how about you? I play for uh, GCU, but I just recently finished up with a uh, Barca Academy over in Casa Grande. Okay. And uh, yeah, uh, like you said, like we're starting up in like two or three weeks as well. And Let's what position see. for you? Midfield. Midfield. Yep. All right. I love it. Okay, so now I want to talk a little more about uh, you know your support of teams or do you do you guys support a team or maybe let's go before this kind of wolves academy situation uh do you follow the premier league do you follow a different league yeah i, I follow the premier league and, and a couple other leagues too yeah and i support uh, main night oh my my co-host will be so <laughs> excited to hear that <laughs> well i mean i I honestly barely started following the Premier League, but like I would know about the teams and stuff ever since like Cristiano went down there. Yeah. But I, I really like Real Madrid more. Uh huh. I'm a Real Madrid fan, but like wherever Cristiano goes, that's kind of where I go to. <laughs> Dude, like who knows too. where he's that's gonna like go right now? Yeah. It's like me too with Messi. Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. And how did you? So for you, it was Ronaldo. Like yeah. that was the attraction. You just kind of follow him around yeah. as he goes. Which he doesn't have a team right now, so right. you don't have a team. I mean, I guess he's technically, he's technically still with United, United but, but it doesn't sound like he's going to stay there. Yeah, so it doesn't sound like it. Um, didn't didn't was, PSG reject the? Yeah, he's he's been yeah. he's been wanting to go different places. Like sounds like. Yeah, but I don't know if that people want to pay his wages. I don't yeah. know what the issue. You know, it's all rumor. Just yeah. what you're reading on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> and Philippe, you. Uh, How'd you choose Man United? Well, uh, the funny thing is, uh, when I was young, I used to watch them a lot, and then one of my favorite players when I was younger was Chicharito. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Javier Hernandez. So, yeah, he was my, one of my favorite players when he first moved there. Man, that video of him. Knowing his face? No, the video of oh. him when he found out like he was leaving Premier League to come to the MLS. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that video? No, I've seen that one. It was like three or four years ago. It was like, it kind of went around Twitter quite a bit because he like started crying and, oh, and everyone was like dogging on MLS. Cause it was basically like, this is the moment Chicharito <laughs> realized like he had to go and play in MLS. Oh, so yeah. maybe we should be quiet because you guys are playing in the MLS next uh, cup, but <laughs> oh man, Chicharito, that's cool. That's great. Did he, cause didn't he end up going to LA galaxy yeah, maybe? Yeah. He yeah. yeah. He's at galaxy right now. Yeah. And he's he, still playing. Yeah. He's still playing. Yeah. He's gotta be old, huh? He's pretty old, but last year, he had a good year last year actually. Yeah, that's great. MLS, where retired Premier League players can come and still dominate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but MLS yeah. doesn't like come up. There's well, a lot of players. You see the stuff that happened yesterday. Um, Charlotte FC yeah, beat that. Chelsea, and Minnesota United yeah. pounded oh, yeah. Everton. Yeah. Well, then like what three three oh yeah. four nil four, four zero yeah. Dude, <laughs> brutal. I mean, that's great though for They're the MLS. They're sleeping on MLS. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's but good. It's growing. It's growing a it's lot. Growing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. So for you guys, like, what's the rest of this time look like for you for the next? How much, how much longer are you here? We leave uh, tomorrow night. Oh, you leave tomorrow night. So you guys had basically like four or five days, yeah. five days with the club. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, you won't get any game time tonight, right? It no, was just training? No, can't play, no. Yeah, because like, I'm assuming you have to have contracts. Yeah, exactly. And, contract or like some type of rules. Just keep over a one of that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I figure that makes sense. Well. Well, great, guys. This is awesome. I'm super thankful to be able to have a few minutes with you. I'm going to be at the match tonight, um, so it'll be fun to, to catch Wolves, Chelsea, 
yeah. see see them play each other. So mm-hmm. appreciate you guys. Yep. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, so I'm here with, is this all one family or friends? Friend, a lot of family. Everyone wearing wolf stuff is family. Okay, so I'm here with the family in Salt Lake City, Utah, hotbed of Wolverhampton Wanderers fans. And so, okay, so tell me, we have a couple girls here. What's your name? Grady Stubner. Okay, and? Sibley Stubner. Okay, and so both of you are playing on a soccer team and explain how playing on a soccer team made you Wolves fans. Well, my coach is from England, so when we went up there, we like we were looking forward to it all year to go up to England, and I had no idea we were gonna like tour all these stadiums, but when we toured like the Wolves stadium, we just loved it so much. It was like so awesome. And then we went to one of their games down there. I can't remember who it was against, and it was just super exciting, and we just loved it so much. That's amazing. Okay, so tell me some of the other stadiums you visited. Uh, we went to Liverpool. Um, Chelsea was shut down, so we couldn't go to Chelsea, but yeah, I don't really know. I can't remember. The Wolves was just the one that stuck out the most to us. Well, that's a, that's amazing. So now you guys are full on like Wolverhampton Wanderers supporters? Yeah. Okay. Okay, but the true question is, are you guys waking up at like 5 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday mornings to watch Wolves? No. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. How about you, bud? How about you? You wake up that early? What's your name? Do you play soccer as well? No soccer. Okay, just just rocking the wolves kick. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you guys so much. I, I appreciate it. I did not expect to see other wolves fans here. Chelsea's easy to root for, but but it takes a lot to, to hold firm with Wolverhampton. So thanks for letting me interview you. Thank you. Fans, please welcome to Zion Bank Stadium, the starters for the Wolves at Chelsea FC. Hey Lee, uh, Nate Hughes, I'm with the Soccer Neophytes podcast here 
Uh, first time to the States? Yes. Yeah, that's the first time it's been good to us so far, and I can't wait to see what comes. Yeah, and you're a Northern Irish guy, yeah, right? I'm yeah, okay. Great. Uh, great finish on that goal. How did it feel to score in America? Yeah, it was amazing. So it was once in a lifetime sort of thing. Does it feel the same as in the UK or in Northern Ireland? Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of, I don't know, sort of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to score anywhere. One of the things that we do on our podcast is we're really trying to raise awareness in the states of Premier League, pre- trying to get uh, people to support, you know, Premier League here. And uh, particularly, my passion is to see people support non-Big Six clubs. So I'm just curious, uh, growing up in Northern Ireland, did you have a team that you supported? To be honest, I always say it's never one laughs. I don't, I don't support anybody. Yeah. I didn't really watch football when I was younger enough. That's great. I didn't really watch football when I was younger either, so now you're a Wolves Wolves player. And I support Wolves nicely. I support Wolves. Yeah. Well, uh, great match out there today. Thanks so much for thank you your very time. Much. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Thank Cheers, you. Dave. All right, so we're here. Uh, Joe Hunt international project manager is that right that is correct that's the title um thanks for thanks for being here thanks for taking the time out my pleasure yeah so i want to start off just knowing you know our our podcast is really designed to help americans understand uh soccer as we call it football and and really help them even choose a team to support so i just want to know right from the beginning who did you support growing up so, my my background is I was an Aston Villa fan, or oh. they were they were my team. Okay. Did you grow up in the so, Midlands, at West Midlands? So I live in the West Midlands. I live south of the city, so I I live probably nine miles away from Villa Park. So my dad was actually a Birmingham City fan. Okay. But my granddad was a big Villa fan. Okay. So as soon as I was born, I he bought me a Villa teddy that was in my cot straight away. So straight away he was not letting me be a Blues fan. <laughs> So I probably went to my first game when I was about four or five with oh, my granddad. Um, and then during that time when my granddad was alive, I had season tickets with him at Villa. So I, kind of early 90s through the 90s, that's when I kind of went quite a lot to Villa Park to support them. And then, interestingly enough, I actually got a job with them, which was which was for me was perfect you work amazing so back in 2001 i started at villa as a community coach um so i was basically doing a lot of the recreational work going out into the schools delivering to the local schools doing some kind of pay-to-play activities and then during my career there which actually i started full-time in 2001 but i was actually working part-time there probably four years earlier so all in i worked at villa for about 20 years wow that's amazing so obviously the natural question coming out of that is you've been with wolves now for how, how long three years three years yeah. and how do you how do you reconcile that you know their their rivals um how do you reconcile this like longtime fandom of a club and then to work for the rival yeah it, it, it's a real it's a real interesting one because I, I i had two bosses at villa and the one guy who came in first was a chelsea fan uh-huh. and i always remembered him talking to me around when you work at another football club that you don't support, it's amazing how you, your focus is always on that team because you work there. And I was like, mm, okay. 
And then the guy that I'm now working for at Wolves also was at Villa with me. So he was a Wolves fan at Villa, and now I'm a Villa fan at Wolves. Oh, interesting. So, and again, he said the same thing. And now you see, so when I, I've been at Wolves now, and it's amazing that that's your focus because you work there, you're in it kind of 24 seven all the time. Um, what was interesting was during the pandemic, so when there was no fans in the stadium, what they did in the UK was all the Premier League games were free to, well not free to watch, they were, you could watch them on the TV, you could choose what game you wanted. I know you can do that in America, you know, but in the UK normally, they will select the games that we watch, yeah. but during the pandemic, they were all on. So when I had the choice during the pandemic to watch a Villa game or a Wolves game that's on the same time, I would always watch Wolves. Interesting. That, because you're, as I said, because you're into it, you just, you know, because you work there all the time and that's what kind of everything revolves around, you want to see what's going on. Yeah, and just like, I mean, I, you, try and under, you try and think of it through like working a, a job that's not a sport, but very rarely are there professions where there's competition <laughs> between, yeah. between industry, you know, uh, a different company. And so it's such a unique place to be uh, in so, the sports world. So, so the other one is quite, quite funny. Um, so when Wolves played Villa first, their first meeting, if you remember, Wolves won 3-2 yep. Villa Park. Yep. Didn't play very well, but they won. So yeah. I remember With that. that great comeback. I remember, yeah. I remember it. So for me on that day, it was kind of a win-win. Whatever the result was, it was a win-win for me. Yeah. Obviously, a draw would have been great because then there's, there's nothing to kind of talk about then. It's just cancelled each other out. But I remember it was the Saturday and me and my family were going out for dinner and I literally, I looked at the score and Villa were winning 2-0. So I thought, fair, fair play. We drove to the uh, restaurant, which was like 15 minutes away, turned on my phone and Wolves had won 3-2. I was like, oh my goodness, how's that happened? Yeah. It was just crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But then... In England, and as you experience on the bus, there's always banter. You yeah. Know, we always we like a joke and everything yeah. else. So I, I was then kind of going after my Villa fa friend fans. So yeah. I was just winding them up all the time, saying how bad Villa were and how good balls <laughs> were. <laughs> no, you were turned. Now you get to it. play both. You get to play both ends. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. That, yeah. So obviously, if Wolves had lost, I could have gone into work with the Wolves fans and then given them a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, all that's good. great. And you have children. I do have. So, are they being raised as Villa fans or Wolves fans? How are they? Where are they landing? <clears throat> it's a difficult one for those. So, I've got two. So, Molly's twelve. Arthur's only five. So, I, neither of them are really massive into football. Okay. And it's one of those where I won't push them. If they want to do it, it's yep. great. If they don't, fine. So, Molly tried a little bit when she was younger. Arthur's doing a session once a week, but they just they like the kit, the Wolves kit. They like the old gold, of course, and yeah. the badge. The badge is so good. The badge stands out. Yeah. So, I, so my little one has had um, wolves kits. So he's had. Um, he didn't, didn't have last season. So he had the season. The Adidas kit he had the season before, and he still got them. And children love wearing football kits. He's, al he's also got a Portugal kit. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and that wasn't because we got a lot of Portuguese players. That was because we went on holidays to Portugal last year. And you know, like the. Um, the greeny coloured away Portugal kit. Yeah, he's got that one. Oh yeah, that's and a nice he, he he loves it, but he's not. I see he's not massive into football. Yeah, that's great. But but everything that comes back with me, so the uniform that I'm wearing, it's all got wolves on. So that's all they see. Of course, yeah. So it, it'd be understandable if they are wolves fans because that's all they see. Even at work, when they come into kind of a look at my laptop, there's, on my background, it's just Molyneux. Yeah. 
So subconsciously, they're probably eating there already. That's which I, I haven't, I, like I said, I haven't directed them either way. My granddad would probably turn in his grave that I haven't directed Yeah, I'm totally. Them, but, <laughs> but we're all different, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I, the, year I, the year I chose wolves, I, my oldest, who's 10 now, so he would have been, he would have been only five. Um, he was kind of along the journey with me, you know, he'd wake up early. All the matches are on so early here. And so he'd wake up early and we'd watch matches together. And I, I told him the same thing. Um, I told him, I told him the same thing. Like we, you can choose your team Yeah. and he chose Arsenal. So, oh, well, that's a shame. My younger kid, my younger son chose Wolves though. Good man. Yeah. Yeah. Your role at the club uh, is about expanding the brand internationally, is that correct? Yeah, so my role is international projects manager. So I've been in post for three years now. Um, so when I first came in, Wolves obviously had, were already in the Premier League. So what had happened, Wolves had literally come from middle of the championship, got promoted, got in there, and there was obviously a lot more interest in what we were doing. There was little bits going on before, but what was happening with the club was Academy were doing little bits in, around the world. The foundation team were doing bits. The marketing team were doing bits. So I came in and brought it all under me, basically. Um, so my background, as we talked about, is coaching. So a lot of the work we do is around our academy and kind of sharing and selling their expertise. So for example, we've got a great partnership out in Chicago, Chicago City Soccer Club. Yeah. Um, and we work with them on, majority of it is around their coach education, so upskilling their staff. So our staff, people like Darren Ryan is here and James Collins and you know all the great staff in the Wolves Academy, they actually deliver on our webinar series. Great. So from a strategic standpoint, are you looking to grow the, the brand at the at the supporter level at the talent level like what what's kind of this i think you've kind of touched on every, everything really you know we want to grow our brand and get out there as much as we can so whether you support this club that alan perrins does and i work quite closely with alan i've known alan a long time so he's very good at setting new clubs up and organizing and you know we've got some great sport clubs in the u.s yeah especially the guys in texas and, yeah. and new york yeah. Um, we had a meetup in Chicago back in May, which was really, really cool as yeah. well. So a lot of people flew in and we watched the Norwich game. Um, but then it is, it's about people that maybe don't support a club at the moment, especially the younger ones. So when we're coaching them, if we're their first contact with a Premier League club, chances are they're going to follow us. Yeah. And that's what we want. You know, we want basically more eyes on us, more people watching us, more people following us on social media. And I help that in the football coaching side of it. And then you've got off spins like eSports that goes on and fashion and music. But my, my area is the football coaching side. Okay. Is there, is there talks or possibility of, of starting like a Wolves Academy, like US branch? So a lot of, a lot of clubs do it where they franchise their, their kind of camps out and everything else. We're not there at the moment. I, you know, we, there might be a few things we do, but we're not going to set up a Wolves Academy at the moment in the US. Yeah, there's, there's projects like Golden Chance, which we're doing now, which is a Wolves project that we would do, and this one's kind of like a pilot to see how we do, and then we've got big ideas on how we can expand Golden Chance, and it's 
Is it a Wolves Academy? Mm, kind of, but we wouldn't call it that. What would be the goal for Golden Chance? Like, let's look five years in the future. What does Golden Chance look like? Golden Chance could go down a few different lines, basically. But one, we're looking at doing both boys and girls. Uh huh. At the moment, we do the boys because it's kind of like we did one back in 2019 in Hong Kong. Then the pandemic shut us down and we couldn't do anything. So we've just started again. So now we've done a boys one, we're looking at doing a girls one. There's a lot of interest in the actual project itself. Um, but really we, we want to, it's about the experience. It's about people coming to, and seeing us on the ground. Because a lot of clubs will be here, but in name yeah, and not physically. And we're here, so I'm a full-time employee of the club. So it's Daz, you know, and all these people. That's what we want to do. And then again, it's given opportunity. If we see a player and we find a player, fantastic if we don't it doesn't matter but at least we're out there and again these guys so the people like Gabby and um, Phil today yeah. or this week they're going to be attached to walls for the rest of their lives now yeah that's their great. parents will be even the even the, maybe the 60 kids that were out playing they'll ha- keep an eye on walls because we've impacted their footballing careers that's great we're Obviously, the world's massive, right? Your international <laughs> like role. Where do you see? Where does the United States fit in that? And and what other what other places are you are you looking to expand the brand? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I mean we we've got key areas that we want to service around the world. So the UK, obviously. I mean, I do it. My role now is um, we do a lot of work domestically too, in terms of our soccer schools and our camps and things like that. Um, but USA is probably our key market. But what we've done is we've tried to be strategic in where we go. We'd love to go everywhere, but you're just too big. And we haven't got the manpower to go everywhere. So we're trying to be quite clever at where we go. So Florida, Texas, Phoenix, kind of Arizona way. Um, I'm missing one. Chicago, obviously, we're based in. So those are kind of our key areas. But that doesn't mean we won't work anywhere else. I think we have to do that because otherwise you literally you going everywhere and you can't do it. And why why Florida, Texas, Phoenix? What about those states? I mean, draws it, you there. If, if you look if you look at the pockets around the U.S., there's strong sporting areas around there as well. So kind of you know Texas is quite a big area for us as well. Phoenix is a lot of especially soccer wise. So yeah. that's where we kind of target. And then sometimes. Um, like Chicago, it just worked with us, you know, in terms of we've got esports presence out there, we've got now a football presence out there, our supporter club's growing out there. In Texas, again, our supporter club is big there, so we want to kind of jump on that and work with them as well. How much does the, the internationals playing on the senior team affect? Because obviously Raul being Mexican, yeah. that's a huge, that was a huge draw in Phoenix. Um, exactly, and that could work literally anywhere across the US. Obviously you've got stronger areas like Texas, Florida, you know, even in Chicago over there, they, they all know who Raul is. Yeah. So obviously that, that helps our cause because we've got, he's a sensation isn't he in Mexico, yeah. and talking to the guys, Philly and um, Gabby, they said in the US everyone knows who he is. Yeah. You know, whether it's just the Hispanic population or just kind of normal soccer, they know who he is, which is great for us. But also we've got we've got amazing players at all. You look at Yamatino, which played yeah. what, 140 odd caps yeah. for Portugal? 
you know, Ruben Neves, you know, you've got Neto who's coming through, you've got Connor Cody that's in the England squad. Yeah. So these do play a big part and it's, it is useful for me because when I talk to people, they know, they know our players. Well, even with Huang now on the club, there's a huge yeah. Korean population in the, in the United States. And yeah. so I feel like there's, uh, there's, there's even a market there. Yeah. To... So the market, sorry, so I only touched on the US, but uh, obviously we're Chinese owned. So yep. there's a lot of work going on in China. We've actually got a Chinese office out there. Uh-huh. So we've got staff with folks in sport that are working the walls angle that way, which really helps us because they know the lie of the land out there. So we will support them with everything they need, but they're the ones who know what's going on. Quang is a good one as well, as you said. So all of a sudden that market opens up for us because he's huge. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, you know, and they're very passionate about football. And then you'll always have emerging markets that potentially look at, like India. During the pandemic, I did a lot of work around India. Um, I've got some work in Africa that's going on as well. So there's little pockets going on, but I'm directed to our key strategic markets, USA, really, and obviously UK. Do you feel like what what Wolves are doing is unique within the Premier League with this golden chance idea? Um, are there other clubs in the Premier League that you know of, some of your peers doing stuff like this? Yeah, it, it, depends, how, it depends how we pitch golden chance at the end of it. And we're still kind of working on how it looks, like you say, in five years' time, how does it look? So you've always had competitions, and you've had competitions before. I know Chelsea have done one before, but they were slightly different. And you got to be careful around that as well because you can't promise them a contract. It doesn't work like of course, that these yeah, days. Yeah. So you can't say the winner of Golden Chance is going to sign for Wolves because it's not going to happen. Yeah. With all the international clearance and everything else, it won't happen. Yeah. And that's why we're... It is probably different where we're doing more about the experience, about what they get. So I think Philly and Gabby have had such a good week this week. Yeah. Been with our 21s, with our staff, and even talking to them they're kind of mind blown by the detail and the quality of our staff and what and what they do every day with the players that's great so final question on the on the bus ride here today uh, we started talking world cup and you made a bold claim which you don't <laughs> think is very bold maybe my claim is more bold but i want to get it on the record um uh, what what was the claim that you that you made? I see. We talked about the World Cup, and I said that the US wouldn't get out of the group. And I'm I, I'm not. I just think there's better teams in the group than the US. I'm not criticising the US because I love being out here. I love the country. I've been out here so many times. I'm coming out in August on a family holiday, so it's nothing against them. And I know you've got good players. But I also know Wales can be difficult. Now, on paper, you would say England are the best team in the group. But football's not played on paper. So we could get to the World Cup and England lose all three games. And you start laughing at me because the US have won all three. It could happen. Of course. But right now we're just making predictions. So Yeah, it's just predictions. And, and the reason, I, I mean, from my standpoint, I talk to a lot of people around the world and a lot of coaches in the US. And there's been a lot of negativity around the US national team. And especially four years ago, when you didn't qualify and you lost to Panama, was it? Yeah. And then we went and beat Panama easily in that game. I don't think a country like the US should be one losing to Panama and not making a World Cup. And then, you know, 
and then struggling along over the course of four years. Yeah. There's so much talent in this country. There's so many people that are athletic that can play the game. At some point, the US have got to step up and be top 10, top five in the world. Because the other stuff, you're frightening. And it's not as if you haven't got good facilities or good coaches. I mean, they might need a little bit of work, but we, a lot of, well, you see how many European teams come over pre-season. It's literally everyone. Yeah. Why do they come? Yeah. Because you've got good facilities, you've got good accommodation, you speak the same language, good weather. So yeah, you've I got think, all that. Yeah. Why, why, are, why are American players not top, top end? Yeah, I think I think the the future's coming with that. You know, we the four years ago I think was a wake, wake up call for the U.S. men's national team, and you've seen a lot of effort go into to shoring up the team. And I and honestly, I think the biggest difference is we have so many players playing in Europe now. Yeah. You know, I think there's going to be seven, at least. You know, that really until, helps doesn't until it, that the, you've got players doing that. Well, they're playing at the highest levels now, right? Yeah. So you've got. Uh, I think seven will be playing in the Premier League this year. Players all throughout the Bundesliga, they've really they've created a pipeline from the yeah. U.S. to the Bundesliga. So a uh, couple couple Italian with Weston McKinney playing at Juventus. So yeah, it does feel like the future's bright, but but we got to play it. We got to play I, I, the matches. I, I mean, when you look at it as well, one of the other things that potentially I feel sorry for the, you guys in the U.S. is because you're so big. The country's massive. As we're in the UK, we've got a lot of people in the UK, but we're small. Yeah. So in terms of, say, Wolves scouting network, from under, I think, nines to under 16, we can only scout within 90 minutes of Wolverhampton. Uh-huh. So we can't go to Newcastle and take players, and we can't go to some areas oh, of London because they're too far away. Yeah. So we have to be really good at recruitment. So we're competitive with West Bromwich Albion, Aston Villa, uh, Birmingham City, yeah. Coventry, Warsaw, Shrewsbury, Nottingham Forest, you know, Notts County. There's so many yeah. competing for these players. But the difference is we know. So if you speak to our recruitment team, they will know every single player from probably under 9s all the way to under 18s in the area that is worth knowing. You try and do that here. Well, I, and- I, I've come to the US and we've put on something. Do they know about Gab? Do they know how good he is? Are they really paying enough attention to how good Philly is? Yeah. Well, I think the other challenge here is really football, soccer is still the fourth sport here. It might even be fifth. It might even be fifth behind hockey. But I think I think it's growing in popularity. And so most kids, even if they play, grow up playing soccer here, football, baseball, basketball are still drawing, I think, our best athletes. And that's yeah. really part of my hope with this with this podcast is – to expand the knowledge of, of soccer and particularly the Premier League, which yeah. it's just it's a beautiful game and there's a reason the whole world loves it. It's accessible to everybody. Exactly that. And, and you made a good point there in terms of the amount of numbers you've got playing. We had lots of conversations this week around coaching and structure. We've we, our pyramid at the moment is quite good in the UK and it hasn't always been like that. We've struggled at times where we've tried to copy other nations. And that hasn't worked. And then the FA finally went, right, this is our DNA. This is how we're doing it. So we've now got a lot of people playing recreational. Then they move into development areas. And then you've got elite. So you literally have got the pyramid. I think in the US, you've got loads recreational. Yep. Then you've got... Well, in fact, the guys we're talking to, literally, instead of the pyramid, you're just in a straight line. That's right. That's exactly right. You haven't got that. You haven't got them filtered up to be 
do you know your top 20 players at under 18s in the country? I, I don't I don't know the answer to that, but from looking from the outside, we don't have a pyramid. The the, the leagues that exist, MS, you know, MLS is the top tier, but below that you've got USL, but they're not connected to one another. But there's there's so, there's so many elite under the men's game I was told there's like someone rattled off four elite structures four yeah we've got one yeah you know, you've, got, you've got your professional clubs that's the structure you might have these academies that pop up that someone does and claim to be elite they're not elite because they don't they don't go anywhere well even talking with with Philly and Gab, Gabby earlier today they both were talking about even in Phoenix alone how the different club structures and clubs are consuming other clubs they're merging with other clubs and there's just no there's no upward pipeline it's it is yeah. like you said it's flat it, it, it is and that's what people like Bo have been saying to us there's just so many these so-called elite structures going on well, which one do you pick which one is the best elite one yeah so I think Bo said there was like I don't know hundreds of teams in each, each one yeah that's right so all right. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, what a day. I am exhausted. Uh, it's 1230. I'm trying to sleep a little bit. I have a 520 flight in the morning, or I guess today. So I'll try to catch about three and a half, four hours of sleep, probably sleep on the plane, but, um, still kind of surreal experience, uh, riding the team bus, dining with the team, lunch and dinner, uh, sitting with, with staff and some of the players during the match. Uh, what, what an experience. And I think I'll have more maybe thoughts and reflections later, but the thing that stands out the most is just how welcoming, uh, wolves were to me, how accommodating they were, how they really seemed to go their extra mile to, uh, to yeah, welcome me in, but then also helping me to get the, the post-match interview with Lee Harkin. And, um, it was really, it was really quite an experience. So, uh, get some shut eye and reflect on it more tomorrow and then hopefully get a, a nice podcast out to you.